Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Series, a month-long event celebrating the authors and narrators that bring romance stories to life. Listen along as Viviana, Enchantress of Books, interviews your favorite writers and voices, share special guest posts, and stay tuned for some special information at the conclusion of the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with guest narrators Lucy Rivers and Christian Fox. Welcome to Audiobook Lovin', Lucy and Christian. How are you? Uh, fantastic. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having us. I'm doing, I'm doing great today. Cool. Thank you. Well, thank you both for um, hanging out with me today. Um, and, you know, June is audiobook month, so it's totally appropriate for us to chit chat and connect and get listeners. Oh my gosh. To, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I knew that. June is audiobook month? Yes. June is audiobook month. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we're in the right place at the right time. Perfect. Yes. Yes, you guys are. For those that may not know you guys very well, though, um, why don't you start by sharing a little bit about yourselves, um, how long you've been narrating, and how you became a narrator? Sure. Uh, Luce, do you want to take the uh, inaugural trip, or should I? Oh, I mean, I, I, I can inaugurate, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I'm Lucy Rivers. I grew up in the Rocky Mountain West. Spent a lot of time in my childhood sort of outdoors, barefoot, and causing trouble. And I think that that's, um, that's really translated well into my adult life. I continue to try to spend as much time as I can outdoors, barefoot, and causing trouble. If I could narrate outside, I think I probably would. I wonder if that's possible. Hmm. Um, I am an actress as well as an outdoor enthusiast and motorcycle enthusiast. And I don't know, I sort of fell into audiobooks about seven years ago now. I think I've been doing this about seven years, my goodness. And, you know, I get to do a lot of fun, sassy romances, some darker stuff too, but I really, really genuinely love rom-com and when I can sort of Lucille ball up. Yeah. Christian? That, that sounds pretty accurate. Um, well, you know, I've, I've had a fairly cosmopolitan and, and uh, sporadic life. I mean, Casablanca uh, was a very, uh, you know, rough, rough uh, place to grow up in, but exposes a lot of different things. And, you know, I, I was an orphan. And so um, after I, you know, found uh, a home and uh, found my calling in audiobooks, I just traveled the world and continued to be an enigma. <sighs> <laughs> What? There was just a silence that came over over the crowd. Um, yeah. You true. are stunningly mysterious. I, yes, I'd like to are. say stunningly yeah. mysterious. Yeah, that's what I like to do. I like to confuse and beguile. Um, no, I mean I I, I also uh, had a background in in acting um, back in the day, and that uh, continues to rear its head every once in a while when I'm not narrating. But uh, I just love kind of getting into characters' heads in audiobooks and. Um, it's a very private lifestyle and a very private, um, you know, career path, but uh, it's, it's always surprising and just finding good material and connecting with fans is fun. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know that it's one of those things when um, your name Christian comes up, it was like, oh, yeah, he's so mysterious. No one, you know, he has no social media. He has no this. And I'm like, <laughs> it keeps things interesting. And then at the same time, he can be the tall, blonde if if we need him to be that or he can be the the police officer and stuff like that so sure yeah. christian can be anything and everything and honestly i mean in irl i mean my my own life leads me down a lot of different paths and so i think that i just think that 
I mean, not to get too heady, but with audiobooks and, and acting or any performative discipline, I think the more various things that you can experience in your life really translate over to um, bringing a breadth of knowledge and depth to different characters. And in this career that, you know, both Lucy and I have chosen, there's a lot of opportunity to embrace different characters and different lives. And so I think just, you know, living your life to the fullest really informs all of that. Do you guys have, um, do you guys record at home? Or do you guys usually go to studios? A combination of both. I I have a home studio, and then sometimes I'm I'm in studio. Um, currently, the world is weird trying to go into studios, so so it's definitely all from home at the moment. We'll see kind of how long all of that continues on. Um, but a combination of both, and sometimes it's nice to go into studios and work with a director or an engineer and someone who can help guide you through something. And every once in a while, I get to get go do like a duet with another narrator and be in the room with another human actually have a conversation with them which is always a shocking and strange feeling but really fun really fun yeah same for me uh primarily home studios now uh or studio rather just because of this crazy pandemic time that we're living um but uh but yeah i mean being I think I prefer being in a studio with an engineer only because it just allows me to focus on the performance uh, more than anything else. But yeah, I think Lisa, you've had more experiences actually narrating with other real life people. Uh, I usually have a, a fairly solitary <laughs> performative <laughs> life. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so that's that. Yeah, because I know that, um, the tends to be more of a trend right now to do the duets or to and i mean originally it was like dual point of views or the solo narrator when you know audiobooks first started um have you guys all both have done duets or is it mostly duels both uh both i mean the the duets i i haven't done a lot of those in recent times i mean I, you know when when i'm when i'm recording romance it's usually a dual narration and i think that that's always interesting because you are collaborating. Um, I mean, oftentimes I don't even really hear a voice sample. I usually get like a written uh, description of each character that an another narrator has chosen, you know, which direction a narrator has chosen to take a certain character in. And then I just kind of work off of that. And what's, what's odd is that nine times out of 10, it's a pretty darn good match. There's really not, not much, I mean, I, I, obviously, the listeners might have a different opinion, but when I listen back to a final product, it's it's always surprising to me that we seem to be on the same page. Um, I don't I know. Do you find that? Be a, that? That's also a testament, though, to a wonderful author, right? Because that means that they are building yes. these characters that are so clear that no matter who's narrating them to an extent, we're like, oh, I know who that is. I, I understand what makes them tick. It's very clear in the story to both people who are doing it, um, which I, th I think it's a testament to a wonderful author too, when, when you find consistency like that among characters. Um, but I would say the bulk of what I do is, is dual still. I think most romances are dual narration now. There's very few that I think are, um, that are solo even. I used to do more like solo romance books and that's changed a lot. And now it's mostly dual. Duets I, are so fun, but they really, there are a lot of, Technically, they're a lot harder to do, and you usually have to have someone in the same room together, which makes scheduling and just location. Do the two narrators live in the same city? Can they work that out? 
Um, and I have yet to do one of those full cast ones that have been happening and they look so fun when you get like 10 narrators <laughs> in a room doing a romance. It just sounds so fun, but I have yet to do one. So Lauren Blakely or whoever, if you want to hire me, putting it out there. Just kidding. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the duet thing, it, there is there is a certain organicness that happens. It's so nice to be able to say something and have another human being respond in real time. But the production, the production costs and logistics are just, you know, usually insurmountable. Um, when we're working on when we're working on romance, but that's not always the case. And yeah, I mean, I'm I'm jealous of all of your duet experiences, Lucy. But you know, <laughs> well, someday, someday, Christian, we'll be able to do. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. sure. I'm sure. If you're lucky, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think too with this new um, system where we're like, hey, we we can zoom. And, and it doesn't matter so much the time zone or having to be in the same room from a travel expense perspective. I'm, you know, I'm thinking that there's going to be a bit more of that duets or multicast being done via yeah. virtual. I mean, I, I think you can, you can do them virtually. I've known a couple of people that have. It makes the, it makes the post-production much more expensive. So it depends like where you're going to spend your money and your time because then you have to have a really good editor who's putting it all together and making it sound like it's all in the same space and getting the flow. So they just, they're more challenging no matter what, but it would be fun yeah. to do more of them. Well, and it, and it takes a certain caliber of actor, I think, to be able to, to pull it off too. Like I've, I also have had a, had a certain stints in my career where I'm also engineering. So I'm behind the mixing board, sometimes tracking other narrators. Um, and that's something that I've, actually i mean i really enjoy tracking duets because it's you know more to do from an engineering standpoint <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah i mean that's that's uh, it's different for the narrator narrators for sure how do you go about prepping when you get a new book about when you're doing it by yourself or when you're doing it because like, you guys get paired a lot in dual points of views so how do you prep for a book hmm. well uh, i'm yes. okay you go wait you no, go no. Okay, uh, I'll go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I mean, I, uh, yeah, wine is usually a big part of my process. I mean, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> sit, sit back with a nice scotch and read through the book a bit, you know, and see what I'm dealing with. Uh, how about you? <laughs> I, I think same. I usually pour myself a glass of wine and then I read through the book. Um, <laughs> no, I do. I mean, I, I read the book first and then usually like from a kind of, the, the boring nuts and bolts side of it, it's, it's usually a question of like, well, who's starting the book first in their schedule? And then that narrator usually kind of takes the lead as far as any kind of voicing decisions or character decisions sound wise. And then, you know, I'll just, we, we set up like a shared Dropbox or something so that we can mm -hmm. share character samples. And so if Christian takes the lead, he'll record his portion, but he'll pull samples of all the characters and put them up on a Dropbox folder. So when I go in, I can just double check, see if there's any accent work going on. I'm like, oh yeah, the old lady, how old did you go? Did you make her sound 90 or 60? You know what I mean? Yeah, is she um, bitter with her life? Is she happy about her life? You know, what are the, yeah, what is, she, are the... is she an old lady with a twinkle or an old lady with a cane who's gonna take you out at the knee? You know, which kind of old lady is it? <laughs> so, yeah. And then usually too, with, with romance, it's so often a, an epic series where you're gonna, you know, it's four to eight books sometimes. And so keeping track of all of those different characters throughout all of them, it's nice to build kind of this voice bank that we can share 
so that when we come back to a book, when the next one comes out eight months later, we're like, oh, right, this is what was happening. This is how that worked. Um, and yeah, so it's, al it's always the worst feeling in the world when, when you make a quick decision on a voice and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to give this, this cop a French accent and a lisp, and then that'll be interesting for two lines. And then come to find out, like, the next three books are about him and, you know, a, rom a romance that he's having with uh, another subsidiary character. And you're like, oh, my God, what have I done? <laughs> so, yeah. Christian, could you do your French accent with a lisp cop sound? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> excuse, excuse, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, I would need you to pull over and uh, give me your ID because I need to check uh, your records and make sure that you're not breaking any laws. That's there. That's, ah, that's I really, I want to, I want to hear an entire book like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it I don't. Is, I don't know uh, if that would it be. It is so. It is so sexy when you talk like this with uh, no, but, your. but you have you, you know. have to lisp. You have to lisp the s's more. You know, you, it is so oh. sexy. It is. It's, oh, I'm uh, so sorry. Uh, oh, I'm so you, sorry. I need a more of a lisp for my s's. Yes, okay. You need a. You need a baguette, and you need to go patrol the streets. You know, and keep people safe. I don't know. Now, now I'm going Italian. This yeah, I was saying. I think. I think your cop is slowly sliding into Italy, but. It's <laughs> Cool. That's the last place that you want to be right now is Italy, but yes, yeah, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry. Shout out to the Italians. No, yeah, uh, no, but it's it's true though that many times because that was the next question I had is how do you guys pick how these characters are going to sound? And knowing sometimes the author writes a story and it's going to be a standalone, it's going to be the only one, and then that best friend that you gave that bubbly, oh my god, kind of personality or that harsh alpha gruff voice is now the lead in book seven and yeah. you have to maintain that so how do you guys go about selecting how the characters are going to sound and their tones and stuff i i have two answers or rather maybe one and then and then uh and then a flushing out i i think that just like any good good i mean well any literature and any script that you're given i think you really just have to trust what the author's given you um that's a combination of the information that you see on the page about a character and their background and then you know an actor applies their imagination and takes some license with that so if you've for example grown up in casablanca and know 10 languages and you know are are stranded on a desert island and then you've had a pretty rough life and then you know are a financier or something like that all informs how someone might sound and you apply all of that to the vocal performance i think also authors have a certain tone that is inherent in their voice. Um, uh, one author that I work with a bunch, a lot of the, the character characterizations in the story is, is fairly light. It's like light and fun and clips along until you get to a sex scene and then things get really dark and it's like there's a tone shift. So I think, I think that you also just have to find the author's voice. There are also authors that are just like kind of a slow press on the gas of intensity the entire book. And I think you just kind of learn that as you go. Right, Lucy? I mean, that's, you, you figure out like who yeah. you're, who you're working with. Okay, yeah, I think, again, if, generally speaking, you're just, you're just trying to find the author's voice and a great writer, it's going to be inherent who these people are within the book yeah. and you'll find that out in your prep that being said i do i do know that authors as audio is getting more popular and audio has become this thing particularly in the romance community that i do have authors now who know and they'll send me the first book but they'll also be like 
just so you know, this guy over here that seems like he's a nobody, he's going to be huge in book six and everyone's going to love him. So just, just keep that in the back of your mind. So I think some authors are also yeah. now cluing into the Go idea ahead. that like, oh, if I can give these people a heads up, it's going to help them do their job <laughs> yeah. later. So sometimes yes. I'll get, I'll get a full breakdown every once in a while from an author. They'll hand me the first book and they're like, okay, so this is a seven book series and he, these people are all the leads and this is what you need to know. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Okay, great. I yeah, will take it, that. If they give you the world, that definitely is easier. There's also this thing, this is what I was hinting at before, is there's also this phenomenon that at least I use in, in my recording process that if I did, you have to remember that each book is, most books are first person in romance, right? Like I'm usually speaking as, as Jonathan in, in, you know, in a recent series that I've done. And so like, if I'm speaking as a character, then I'm seeing other characters through their eyes and it's a perception another character who they are to to them in that moment and then let's say that side character has their own book you know five books down the line it shifts and you have some license because now the character that was a main character in the previous book is being seen through the side character's eyes and so there's a perspective there where it's like oh they might have seemed a little bit more ditzy and and silly before but when you enter into their mind and into that character's particular voice you know you you humanize them because they're not silly and ditzy in their own head <laughs> you know what i mean like there's a there's a different perspective shift there that mm -hmm. happens and so i think that that's that's a technique that i tend to use especially when i'm handed a book that like oh you know i i wasn't i wasn't going for a deep characterization before and now that's that's my protagonist so I think that you you can kind of shift the world a little bit like that each time you have a new book. That was very well put, and I 100% agree. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's well, perspective. I, yeah. yeah. Well, I tend to, when sometimes in the reviews or when people on in social media are talking about a book, and then one group of narrators did book one and now somebody else is doing another book or the same people and they don't sound the same and you know as far as those that individual character the side you know the, the friend and then now becomes the lead um yes. i always say that when i talk i hear myself a certain way versus how you guys hear me you know yes so it's yes. so that's also where from that perspective that you were saying that you know they sound different it's because it's just I sound different to my head and I sound different when exactly. I'm talking and when I'm exactly that's that's and if, that's if I was much doing more... my best Viviana, I would not sound like you sound. Yeah. I'd be doing my best Viviana, <laughs> but I'm not gonna sound like exactly like you. Yeah. There's just right. no way. So it is that's yeah. a, that's exactly right. And I, I also think that happens, you know, in, in a traditional like, you know, cis relationship, uh, which is the majority of, of the relationships that you know we we portray. I think that there also that that phenomenon happens in a smaller, um, you know, in in a smaller microcosm too between the male and the female perspective. So, like the the female, I think, you know, it, when when you're reading from a female perspective, like it, there's a there's a lot of like big, gruff, you know, manly sounding perspective from their point of view. But when the male is voicing the character in first person, it doesn't always sound like that because not every guy that you run into in the real world is, Hey, how's it going? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's not like, I mean, I, I wish I sounded like that sometimes, but the fact of the matter is that I, I'm just not that buff and gruff all the time. And so I think that, I think that there's also a perspective shift, even, even when switching our main characters, when you're doing a, du a dual narration. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, no, I still have yet to um, find that millionaire 
Um, or even when I was doing my internship, it was never with a hot guy like that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they do seem to be hard to find in real yeah. life. They're all I, over I, the books. You know, I'm not going to lie, though. Like, there are moments where I'm, like, reading a character and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, yeah. these people don't exist. Like, there's no way that there that this that this ingenue or this or or this high powered you know associate with a broken heart is just happens to find this woman and then you meet those people in real life and you're like oh my god it's real like there's, <laughs> there's it's very very rare but i've definitely had moments like that where i'm like oh my god you're so and so oh, yeah. from this series yeah. and it just you know and and that's something that i try to keep in mind when i'm narrating because at the end of the day the world is large and it is complex and these people exist not yeah, all of them every, every once in a while all, i'll do a characterization that i'm like oh that character that's too big no one talks like that and then you do you, you go out in the world <laughs> you're like oh no that person's way weirder than any character yep. i've ever done and <laughs> yeah. they are yep. real <laughs> so, yep. it's, yeah it's true man. yeah i was like oh yeah like i've known a few friends that have you know have, are now together and they met in an office environment you know, or things like that. So I do know that there's stuff like that that happens. I'm just, you know, going, there was no way I was working for a billionaire when I was doing my internship. Um, and sure. did not look like that either, you know? <laughs> <laughs> things could have been so different for you. They could have, yes. it could have, but I they love They still it. could. Yeah, well, I, I have a good life and I love what I do and I am very happy with how things have, you know, worked out. And at the same time, I'm going, I kind of like the idea of having that escape of, you know, having the, the billionaire or the really yes. hot cop or the really hot firefighter, which again, I have yet to find. Um, <laughs> unless they're on TikTok. Apparently now there's this whole thing now with the, the on TikTok about this whole, um, have you, you guys do that kind of social media at all? Because that one's kind of going. I, I, I know what I, TikTok I am, is, but I'm not on it. Mm -hmm. See, you're, you're, I, I know what it is too. And I just, I think I've decided that I'm not hip enough to, uh, to delve into it, you know? Yeah, I just I, I have social media is such a weird thing these days. It really is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to wax poetical about it, but I think it connects us as much as it divides us. And uh, and TikTok is weird. I mean, I, I feel like it's just the more hipster version of Dub Smash, but I still love Dub Smash. So. But apparently yeah. there's hot firefighters on TikTok, so maybe I should check it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for that um, accent thing, by the way, um, which kind of leads me to ask you guys, what is your favorite accent to perform? <laughs> oh, man. Um, Lucy, what do you think? I mean, I, I do a ton of work in the British Isles, actually. Um, I, I do, I get paired up a lot with, uh, with Brit male narrators because I would like to think I do a decent British accent. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I do, I end up doing a lot of stuff in the British Isles. I, I just got cast in a, I think it's gonna be a six book series with uh, Gary Furlong, who's Irish. Um, and most most of the male leads are Irish and a lot of the female leads are Brit. So I'm going to be going back and forth between Brit and Irish all day long and that. It's going to be really fun. And I've done a lot of Irish series, which I really I love doing Irish as well. I'm trying to think of my favorite, though. I randomly did this shifter series that was all Russian. And I was so scared of it because Russian is not like in my back pocket. By the time I got done, I, I couldn't do anything but Russian. Everyone was Russian. It was so fun. <laughs> and I ended up just loving it. But... <laughs> That's great. Yeah. 
I I also have had some fun times with Irishmen. Um, yeah, I mean, I I I I also get asked to do uh, a lot of Latino or um, Latinx or, or Spanish um, accents, and those are entertaining. I mean, it's tricky because, especially with with uh, Latin accents, it's like there's so, there's so much specificity, and yet at the same time. Like, you know, there's hundreds of accents mm-hmm. where people speak Spanish or characters that have, you know, have that language background. But there's so much variation. And so I <laughs> I end up defaulting, I think, to one or two variations that I, I fall back on. But I've had some really, really fun times with um, with uh, with Irish. And I, I feel like I've done like a Middle Eastern accent once or twice. Um, which is like Chris, not specific Christian at all. Has, um, Christian has a couple of books where he's Texan that people also really love, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, kind of a light draw, like a light Southern sort of Texan draw, and it, it, people like it. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I don't nice. mean to call myself out here, but I do remember doing something uh, in like Louisiana and or uh, like New Orleans. And I do remember one one character, I feel like he was like in a motorcycle gang or something to that degree. And I definitely just stole from X-Men and was like Gambit the whole time. <laughs> and I had, this, uh, oh God, that was so much fun. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, don't ask me to pull it out now because I had to work a long time for that to settle. And, but that was, that was fun. I remember that one. That was great. Yeah. Do you guys ever find it, um, like it, the accent gets stuck with you when you get out of the booth for a little bit? when you've been Oh, doing for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think the harder thing is when you have to do a bunch of them in the same book in same conversations. Cause then I'm oh, like, Oh man, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> my brain will just break. I remember I was doing a book once where there was a conversation going on between a guy with a German accent, a guy with an Italian accent and a guy with a Chinese accent. And by the time I got done, my brain was just like, oh, I, I couldn't, <laughs> I, yeah. it was so confusing. Yeah. yeah, those those are rough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, what are some of the hardest accents for you guys to perform? Oof. It takes me a while to like I I can do them, but it takes me a while to settle back into Australian because I want to slide into a British or an Irish sound, and so I really have to like work at it to settle into it. And then once I'm in it, God help me if anyone else in that book is British or Irish because then they'll be Australian. Like everyone will be Australian. <laughs> um, <laughs> Once I get into it, I'm like, oh, that's it. It's it. It's done. <laughs> um, and then the other one that I always struggle with is Welsh because it's so almost all these other things, but it's not like it's such a weird little. Oh, man, that's so true. You do so much Welsh, specific huh? accent. And it's it's so hard because you, you want it to be kind of Irish and kind of North Country and almost Scottish, but almost British, but almost. And you're like, I can't just breaks my brain after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm usually okay if I can settle into an accent for an entire book. It is much harder when there's like a ton of accents in the same yes. book. Yeah. Yes. Um, any, I don't know. I mean, it, look, any anything on the eastern, in, you know, from the far east is is tricky because I just don't have a lot of um, a lot of experience to draw from. Um, but I think you know because I I think any accent that that I try to do, you know, I, my goal is always to make it as specific as possible. Um, and 
you know, it, it's tricky not to just fall back into the thing that you do. Like, oh, it's Spanish, so it should be this, or it's Irish, it should be this. So I think that, especially when you introduce an accent that's so um, foreign to me personally, uh, it's difficult to then add specificity. You know, like everybody has has like an idea of what Australian is, but then to add in all of like the char the characteristics specific to the character you're voicing. That's always the yeah. goal. So I think I think that's where the challenge comes from. And, and anytime you get like a really extreme accent, whether it be Russian, Australian, Far East, you know, like that's that's tricky. Mm -hmm. Because you also don't want to uh, characterize, you know, that's or exactly that's yeah. what I mean. Yes, yeah. that's what I mean. Because, well, because because again, uh, our previous discussion there, these people are out there. And so trying to try i just i just try to give respect as, as much as i can to the, the specificity of each individual character regardless of where they're from i know that you mentioned the spanish characters and i always find that fascinating because of my spanish background mm -hmm. and it's uh, I'm, I'm a mutt um <laughs> where you know first generation american my dad was cuban and my mom was from chile and our, my grandmother my mom's mom was argentinian so i had three different wow. accents three different dialects and I yep. got in trouble a lot sometimes um and so I find it interesting sometimes now which is great that they're getting more diverse in the characters that we're listening to mm -hmm. and that bringing to the pages but sometimes it they try to stereotype that if Spanish it means Mexican or if it's Asian exactly. it's Chinese you know like that and so yep. um or that they even have an accent and I'm like well they've been here for you know they were born and raised here they may not have an accent they might have something slight. exactly yeah. Well, and your 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 dialect is a perfect example. Like now that you you said it, I didn't even clock that until you said those things, and now I'm starting to hear like the idiosyncrasies and how you say certain words. When you said grand grandmother in particular, the way you handled the G R into the A, and how that was kind of all elided in, into the into kind of this mashed sound. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's there's something. Yeah, you know you know what I mean. Like yeah, there's there's something really interesting about that, and and it's I mean that's a perfect example. It's like how do we know unless we just are someone that has Argentinian, Cuban, you know, like all all these different flavors mashed together. Um, and and then was and then it's been living in Florida. So you also have yeah, like Florida like, sound in you. Oh gosh, you know? like, right? Yeah. Like those are yeah. all that's all part of your own sound palette. All of yeah. those different things. But there's there's also a conversation there to be had. Like when when you're when you're approaching a character with an accent, you, we have to remember that this is entertainment, and that we are we are performing a character. And so sometimes it's less about accuracy, and more about uh, an evocative sound or an evocative flavor that feels truthful. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, like you know, it it, it may be less about nailing every single sound that that someone with your specific dialect might have and and more just nailing the rhythm at which they speak um because that's truthful you know like I, I we all we all understand that narrators are actors at the end of the day and i think that there's like this relationship between listener and narrator that happens where you you accept what they give you <laughs> you know <laughs> there's there's a moment where it's like okay like i have to stop worrying about like you know crossing the t's without any eyes and just listen and enjoy that this is a take on a person um because that's that's what we're doing we're we're acting we're bringing to life these characters that you know exist in fiction when it comes to the accents how do you guys 
learn them because you guys have such a range. Are you guys, are you getting dialect coaches? Are you watching a lot of YouTube videos? <laughs> YouTube, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Luz. I would say it's kind of a combination of both. Cause I, I mean, I went to um, acting school and I took dialect classes. So I, I did take, I, I did learn how to, more than anything, how to break down a sound and then recreate it from there. So I did, I do have training and yes, they sort of teach you the basic, like RP British or the basic whatever. But the thing that they really teach you is how to break down a dialect and then reteach it to yourself. So then I try to go and find someone on YouTube. Ideally, I'm finding someone as close to the characters I can. So I'm not trying to find a YouTube video that's like, this is how you do a Boston accent. I'm gonna go try to find a, a woman from Boston who's about yep. the right age in the right neighborhood and the right economic background that this character is. And then I'm gonna break down what she's doing. Like, what are her A's like? What are her R's like? What is she doing? And I'm gonna break it down and teach it to myself. And then you try to make yourself sound like a real person while you do it and have real emotions <laughs> yeah. and have, right? So that's like the final challenge is like, okay, now I've taught myself this accent from a real person who sounds like that. And now they have to believably say a whole bunch of lines that I've never heard this real person say. Mm -hmm. And that's when you have to really make it your own and find your own rhythm through it. But I, so yeah, I guess I've been taught to do them, but I've also been taught how to teach myself how to do them. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe my answer. Christian? Yeah, I, I, no, I mean, I, I agree. I, I, think, I think that's what it's all about. You just, you, it, being able to analyze how someone sounds and then steal the things that are most key to that to that person's dialect yeah i mean that that's a skill in and of itself i also have you know had the pleasure of going to a, a great acting school and so those are those are skills that translate into audiobooks and across the entertainment industry you just you just have to know how to do those things romance is a genre in itself but i kind of tend to describe it as an umbrella genre with multiple subgenres underneath it um, is yes. There <laughs> 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 oh man. Yeah. I know, right? And they keep coming up with a new one. I'm going, really? Um, it's a, it's, it's a wonderful world where there's just about anything for anybody. Um, is there a, a, do you have a favorite subgenre to perform? <laughs> oh Lord. Um, uh, am I going first? I'm, I'm going first. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. I mean, I, I, this recently came up um, because I was doing a fairly uh, fantastical uh, uh, romance, question mark, uh, definitely more erotica, but it was such a blend of, of genres. It had like, in, you know, in, an RPG element to it. Uh, there was like sci-fi video game and like creatures involved. And there was like erotica, but there was also like this really sweet romantic storyline going on simultaneously. And I think that the tagline I came up with was like, like, hi, I'm Christian Fox. And there's nothing that I won't narrate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's, <laughs> but there's, but there's, I think there's, I, I mean, favorites. I don't know. I, I, I really prefer, I think, I think the thing that, that really gets me going in, in, in the romance genre is when there is intellectual, uh, interplay and 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 like psychological drama where you have two characters that are just very intelligent and they're and it's not just about you know the sex or about uh the intimacy and there's there's really like an, an intellectual parlay and manipulation and and psychology that's like deep and then usually those end up being like darker books right um but i think 
I think I, yeah, I, I just, I prefer, I think it's more of a character and a tone thing for me. It, it could really take place anywhere and, and be a certain thing, but I, I love it when these characters are conflicted, complex people um, because there's just, there's just more to uncover there. And so it's less about, uh, you know, the, in, the intimate scenes and more just about who these people are and what they're going through. Uh, that was a long-winded way of, of answering, but yeah, I think that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> Lucy? There. Um, I mean, I, I also have a, I have a great love for well-written, just contemporary romance um, with complicated, interesting people. Um, I definitely, I have a soft spot in my heart for romance books that are about truly kind of regular, I hate to say this, but like regular people, like the, the guy who works at the store down over here and this, you know, and they're not, they're not all billionaires. They're not, I know that that's a great fantasy, but I love these great books where I'm like, oh man, these are like people grappling with how to pay their bills and how to take care of this and how to handle their yep. like ailing mother and like all this shit's going on. And meanwhile, they're also falling in love and having mixed feelings about that and all this other stuff. And I, I really enjoy a great contemporary romance like that. And I also genuinely love a solid rom-com. If I can be funny, if I can be Lucille Ball, I love reading, like I love narrating people like Serena Bowen or Rachel Van Dyken. I've done some of her books where I like laugh out loud funny, just like the random awful things that happen to these people that are hysterical. And I, I love being able to do like comedic timing and that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm a fan of comedy. <laughs> is is there a genre yet that you have not narrated that you'd like to? No. <laughs> there is there is there is nothing that I haven't done. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can think of a genre that I haven't dipped my toe into yet. Maybe it's out there. There's so many, as you said, there's so many subgenres that there might be something that I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the the latest the, the the one that I was describing that was definitely the 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 weirdest. Not to judge it in a bad way, but it was definitely the the most unexpected. I think is a more positive word that I was like, oh wow, this exists. And yeah, and after that, I feel like I'm qualified to to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's it's interesting. A lot of the the one of the things that I love about romance is that you can discover that there are things that you may not have known that you want to explore or even how to have a conversation with a significant other. The listeners are really loving that part of, oh, that's how I can talk or oh, I really can tell him what I want or what, you know, what, you know, from that. Have you yeah. guys, from the, from the narrator's perspective, have you guys learned anything from these books? You know, as far as- So much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Can I? Should I go first? Yes. Yeah. No. Yes. Go. Go. You, okay. You I'm going. I, I think the well, but but I think the the short answer is yes. There there's there's so many things that I mean I I, I think that that is the power of audiobooks in general, whether it's romance, erotica, or just you know just good old regular literature and fiction. I think that it 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 opens our world and I mean not to get too into my personal life but I think that yeah there's definitely been a few things in the bedroom that I've read and I'm like oh okay that's new <laughs> so there's definitely there's 
and you know, and that's that's interesting and entertaining. But I I think, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I I think that there there are characters in books that I've written and been like, oh wow, that's that's actually a really interesting portrayal of two people communicating that uh, in ways that I think we take for granted or we don't envision in our own lives. And and I always appreciate that when I you know, especially especially from the female perspective, when you when you come across a book that is painting a stronger female character being clear about about what she wants and how she wants that whether that be intimate or otherwise i mean that's always just that's always just really refreshing to see and and i think it sets a good example for what we need more of in the world and and also the traditional male you know male in charge dynamic i mean i think that's legitimate and i think that romance and erotica in particular doesn't shy away from that <laughs> and there's there's nothing wrong with that but as long as it is it's based in consent and and I think that's that's really I, I think that's something that is is sociologically potent right now and whenever I come across it in a, in a in a in a good romance book it's always very refreshing and empowering to read Lucy yeah I think I've um I've learned so much actually reading romance I think it's made me I, I grew up in a in a very conservative uh, family in a very conservative place in a very conservative part of the world, and so communicating openly about anything was not something I saw much of growing up, much less about romance or what you want or how you feel. And so I've learned a lot about how to communicate better, how to talk about things. I think I'm a much better um, partner, both in the bedroom and out of it now, because of narrating. Romance. I think I've learned a lot about how to communicate about things, things that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I want to try that. Or, I mean, some of that's real and, and a lot of it is just about finding language for things that I didn't have language for because I didn't grow up around that and I never mm -hmm. heard it and yeah. I never saw it and I didn't see people communicating in a way that I want to be in the world. So having examples that are on a page, I've learned so much from so many authors. It's wonderful. Well and especially especially with with you know uh, uh, which is a still a taboo subject in our society talking about sex openly it's really it's still taboo guys like yeah no no one talks about it whether they're in a relationship or not like it's really difficult and it makes the majority of people uncomfortable and it's really entertaining to like text fellow narrators and be like oh how's your dom sub uh, bdsm scene going today you know like there's <laughs> that that's just really hilarious for for because i I've, I've experienced that with with a number of narrators um where where kind of the gloves are off and because we've all read things that i don't think the majority of us experience on a day-to-day -day basis in our <laughs> own personal romantic lives and so i think there's there's something interesting there that i find in the narrator community you know there's very little that is off limits because either you need to actually collaborate and figure out how to narrate as you know an intimate scene successfully and and also just because it 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 takes the the tabooness away from it and i think that's why people listen to audiobooks too because it allows them a safe free place to learn new things well i think it importantly though i think it removes mm -hmm. the taboo while mm -hmm. greatly respecting it Right, because yes. there's a way to talk about sex that was very locker room talk that I kind of grew up around with some guys who like they were going to talk about sex, but it wasn't in a way that was ever respectful or genuine or curious. It was being crass because they didn't know how else to talk about it. And I right. think that right. 
this is a way it is changing how people talk. And I think narrators are very good about it. Ones who do romance, like we just, we just talk about all of it. It's fine. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's a funny crowd. And, <laughs> and I, and I feel like I talk about it more in the real world with uh, friends of mine who aren't in this world. And they, they often are, it is still so taboo that I have girlfriends who I'll, I'll just ask them flat out questions about their sex life. And they, they're either shocked or they've never thought about it, or they don't know how to handle the conversations that I'm having. And they're, conversations I could have with a female romance narrator or a male romance narrator without blinking because we're all yep. like okay with it and we respect everyone's different versions and there's so little judgment now in those communities where you're like oh that's what you're into cool all right well that's interesting <laughs> you know uh, it's uh, it's very respectful and I think that that's the other key is it's opening up conversations but doing so from a place of respect and curiosity and honoring other people as opposed to being crass or invasive. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's such a taboo subject. And even when it comes down to for the women where we don't learn or know what we want and stuff, and then we're told that we maybe shouldn't say what we want or like, and then it's just listening to the audiobooks is definitely kind of be like, oh, I can say stuff like that. And this is what I want. It's okay. You know, yes. so it's, it's, yes. it's, uh, it's been, it's been nice from that perspective to kind of be able to have the conversation, but I'm in the same boat yeah. as you are, Lucy, with the friends. Um, there's a reason why you guys end up being more <laughs> my tribe than anybody else, because <laughs> I, I'm that friend that can make anything into a sexual innuendo. And yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I have no problems coming up with, so is it the eight or the four claw thingy that you like? And people are like, what? I'm like, no, never mind. Um, <laughs> <wrong crowd. laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's and I, it's it. Go, go, ahead. go ahead. I'd like to think that you and I, with those people who maybe aren't comfortable, are also going to maybe open some doors. I've definitely yeah. had friends where I think it's uncomfortable for them, but mm -hmm. it can also change change how they think about sex or give them options. Or sometimes I give them books or I recommend toys or I all sorts of stuff where I'm like. I hope this opens something up for you because sex is awesome. So I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. You know? I've, I've had some come to me afterwards on the side and like, so you were talking about that? Um, where can I learn more? And I'm like, well, here you go, babe. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And here are exactly. five romance titles that will help you in your journey. Exactly. Um, yep, I've done that too. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think I think there, it's it's funny because you know of course I, I think both you and I Lucy are are fairly idealistic and in, in that we hope that you, you know the titles that we narrate and our contribution to the audiobook world does indeed carry this empowerment message and you know but but I'm I'm not gonna lie like I've definitely narrated things where I'm like oh this actually doesn't really move the narrative along in a positive way mm -hmm. um, and. And I think, and that's not to like poo-poo on, you know, on, on those authors' work or delegitimize them, but I think that it, that also uh, furthers the conversation in a, in a different way. Because even those, even those books that I don't think, you know, are progressive, for lack of a better word, um, mm -hmm. I, I think that it, it does one of two things, hopefully. It, it opens the conversation of like, oh, this isn't how I want to be treated or how I want to treat someone else in a relationship. So I think that it, it becomes reflective in that way. And, and that's, that's another positive outcome from something that is you know, generally negative. But I also think that because audiobooks is a safe space, 
if a narrative isn't necessarily progressive, I think there's another way to view it as a listener that, okay, well, I'm into this. Why? <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that I think opens a dialogue with yourself, hopefully, of, of why, why is this something that I'm into? And ultimately, I think that those fairly un, you know, conservative or unprogressive narratives in the bedroom and beyond, I think they also have a place in the real world and in relationships. It's just that we have to really just apply it to our, if, if it's not consensual in a book, for example, we just have to keep in mind that that is the fantasy. And if it's a fan, if it's a fantasy, then that means if that were to happen in one's own life, we're consenting to that, you know, and, and doing it as, as an aware adult. And hopefully our partner is, is educated and aware enough, self-aware enough that they are also join, joining you on that journey. So I think that either way, even those negative narratives can be positive. It's just, you know, I, I just want to like say that because I definitely know like I've come across some challenging material where I've had to like be like, well, am I okay with this? And then ultimately, you know, it's up to the listener or the reader as, as you will. So well, not I've to even, complicate. No, but I've even read issue, some, that, but, you know, <laughs> but even some of the more basic um, romance sometimes where the guys are being a real dick you know, and he's being yeah. a complete asshole, and it's just, you know, just stuck up, you know, and the, the girl's like, oh, yeah, but he's so fine, <laughs> and I'm like, no, right. he's an asshole. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So but see, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean, and, it, and, and it's, and even, again, not to get in my personal life, but I, but I feel, but I'm going to, I, I think that, I think that you, I think that you, that there's a difference between, like, okay, I'm going to accept like a traditional male archetype or role in my relationship. And if my partner is also, you know, if assuming they're female and they want to also prescribe to a stereotypical, if you will, or archetypal female relationship and, you know, or a uh, role in, in a relationship, that's fine if you're both into that and it's respectful, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but I think that's why those, that's why those books are, are, are interesting because it's like, okay, well, this is just no holds barred. There's no sociological consideration and we're just in the story. And so then we can take that into our own lives and apply it or not. It's just information, you know? Yeah. Well, it's again, there's something out there for everybody. So that's one of the other things I love about, exactly. you know, the romance, there's literally something for everybody. <laughs> I had listened to a book years ago and mm. I had read the first parts and then it came out in audio so I picked up the audio and then it was done in the second parts and I fell in love with the second book and so the first book was called Him by Carrie Haywood and oh second, yeah oh. him and her yeah, yeah him and her yeah. yeah so not realizing that it was the two of you um <laughs> when yeah. i listened to this years ago you know it was years ago and carrie when that first came out in 2004 she was you know up and coming and i loved her, her those two books so i was on facebook with her all the yes. time helping her out with the marketing and stuff and and got to meet her in a book signing and then when i got the audiobook i'm like oh my god this this girl lucy is phenomenal you know <laughs> and, and the same thing with Kristen. i was like what other books does he narrate and it's just like completely bought like I forgot or did not put two and two together and fast forward I'm more completely embedded into this you know world and I'm going holy shit that was that was that was Lucy and that was the Christian 
you know, so it's just, uh, <laughs> those, were, those were very, very early on in our, yeah, not, yeah I feel I, like that, those were pretty early on in, in the audiobook career world. Yeah, yes. this 2014, yes, I think is when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's I'm, right. I'm and literally... I think I started recording, I started recording, I want to say 2012, 2013 is when I first started. So, yeah. Yeah, man, those are the good old days. I'm trying to, I'm looking back right now. I, I, I haven't thought about that book in a long time, but I, I think I actually have the hard copy on my shelf at my place. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, the cover is what got me this. first interested in it because it was different for the time. And then when I was doing the, yes. the, the point of view that it was, you know, him was her point of view. And then I was like, well, I'm really curious about yes. the guy's point of view. And then she busted out with having, you know, his point of view. And I'm going, ooh, you know, and it was just great. I think it was a <laughs> Yeah, because sometimes we think about, you know, like, what is the other thing, you know, the other character kind of going through. But um, I did not put two and two together when it came down to who the narrators were. And then, you know, again, it's been like how many years now? Six, six years? Yeah. And, and I'm going, oh, crap, that was Lucy Lucy and Kirsten Kirsten, you know, completely fell in love with the narration that you guys did. And, you know, here we are <laughs> six years later, still doing yep. it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you um, so much. Oh, yeah. Um, I love when I when you guys do a phenomenal job. I'm totally about letting you guys know and letting others know because it's just fun, you know, to kind of share that happiness and that moment of like, oh my god, you have to listen to this. In fact, I still recommend these sure. two books when some people are like, oh, I've never listened to an audio book. I'm like, well, you know what? These are really the narratives are great. The storyline is awesome too. And now I can actually say that they're also an audible escape. So <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. I'm I'm checking out the, those two books right now, and they're and apparently they're selling it in a Kindle box set now. Yes. that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. And then and is there there's a third? There was, Ooh. yeah, there is. Yeah. Ooh. <clears throat> there's a book called Them, and no one has narrated. Oh, that it. must be like the life after after. Yeah, him I think it's yeah. like what happens to them together post. Yeah, Dude, that would probably as be a good Will, one for as Will and. Hmm. Yeah, as Will and Sarah Price settle into being Mr. and Mrs., they meet a stumbling block neither of them anticipated. All of their friends are starting families of their own, but not them, and not for lack of trying. Woof. That sounds rough. Interesting. Lucy, you had said um, one time, I think someone shared that you had um, said that you were like a big traveler and that you like to go to different places. I, I do. That yeah. is correct. Yeah. <laughs> what have been some of your favorite places to visit? Well, I've now gotten, I've got five of the continents under my belt. So all I have left is Australia and Antarctica. Wow. Um, I think my favorite place that I've ever been though is Africa. It really was uh, a supremely, supremely special place to go. Um, just the wildlife, the people, the, the size of Africa, which is so mind blowing. Cause when you see it on a map, it looks like basically the same size as, you know, South America, because you don't realize that they've skewed the map making and that in fact, Africa holds like four of the other continents. It's just massive. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really, it was a really, it's a really amazing trip. And then my other favorite place in the world to go is Italy. I've been four times. I've been all over Italy now. And, um, my heart goes out to them right now and the craziness of coronavirus. Mm. But I have a deep, deep love for Italy, the people of Italy, the food in Italy. I just, mm. I could, I, I hope to someday retire there and spend my old age stomping grapes in the backyard. 
that's a I don't nice know if goal. Anybody would want to drink. The, I don't know if anybody would want to drink that wine, but you know. As that sure wine enough. is for me, I'm not sharing. That. That's my <laughs> wine. You're drinking, drinking your foot wine. Yeah. Nice. That's Let's right. Share. I am. I'm drinking my foot wine. <laughs> <laughs> and then she can mock up the price because it's classically made in Italy. That's you know? true. <laughs> right? It's artisanal. That's yeah. some artisanal wine. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> What about you, Kirsten? You do a lot of traveling. I do. I, you know, I, I've, I have not uh, traveled as much as Lucy, and I'm very jealous. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think when things, you know, when when our our country recovers a bit, I'm I'm going to make it a point to uh, really get into the national parks and start to see more of of nature and just kind of the natural wonders that you know are are really just in our backyard um i haven't done enough of that i really love i really love camping and i really love being outdoors and as i get older i just i realize that i just haven't made that a priority and uh you know i i love like overseas travel i also have a huge soft spot for italy it's probably <laughs> one of my uh favorite places in the world if not the favorite um and I think that I, I mean, I would also would love to retire, uh, you know, down the street from Lucy in my own little villa. Um, but <laughs> You're I not drinking my I, wine, though. I'm not sharing my foot wine. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't need it, man. I'm going to have my own vineyard. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, but I, I think I think, uh, yeah, I, I have I have seen a lot of the world. I think that not to focus too much on the on the what the darkness of what's happening in society right now. But I, I do think that um you know this this pandemic crisis has it's it's made me realize how lucky i was to be able to travel across the country freely and yeah. both domestic both domestically and and overseas and so you know i mean a few months ago i was like oh yeah i'm going to go to florida and just go randomly to disney world someday and like and go check it out because i i really those are some of my my best like childhood family vacation memories is in florida and on clearwater beach and stuff and now i'm like oh god it's it's being hit so hard um and so yeah i just i need to do more i need to i need to get out and ride my motorcycle into the sunset more often and um yeah so i plan on doing more of that you had mentioned um camping do you do like traditional camping or do you glamp camp no, I want it as rough as possible. Oops. That's what they both said. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I mean, for, for real, like I, I, I am also an avid motorcyclist, as is Lucy. And I think mm -hmm. that um, I think that for, for me, I mean, look, I don't want my back to hurt in the morning, but also if it does a little bit, that's OK. Wait, what are we talking about? Um, I'm, I'm, camping. 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 Sorry, one track mind. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really, I really like when it is. I, I really do enjoy when it's when it's more rustic and mm -hmm. uh, kind of the survivalist in me. Like I, I definitely love Indiana Jones and all of uh, those like fantasy surviving the wilderness books. When I, you know. Uh, what are some of them? Hatchet, Hatchet. Uh, my oh, yeah. my side of the mountain. My oh, side yeah. of the mountain was a bit was a big one because when I when I was a kid, I would look at some of the uh, the uh, uh, drawings and stuff in that book and be like, oh, I can make my own wooden fish hook. I can totally do that. <laughs> and then uh, 
you know, and then you actually try to do that in the basement with super glue and a knife and you're like, oh, this is a lot harder, much less am I going to catch any fish with this device. Um, but in adulthood, yeah, I think, I think just the, the, the basics, nice campfire, basic tent and try to get it, you know, try to get in and be as, as ecologically friendly and green as possible and just kind of live with the land. I think that's, that's my fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> that question always kind of comes up when it's like, Oh, are you camping, camping? Or are you glam camping? You know, so. nah, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't need like Coachella glamping, you know, pagoda freaking mattress in my tent. I mean, I've done that and it's nice and lovely, but it's not camping. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> not camping. <laughs> <laughs> that's not camping there's yeah. no there's no danger or risk involved in you know in, in those uh situations and i think that's what i like about it i like the idea that you know it's you and the elements and, and it's a it's a collaboration yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i think i, I did the semi-glamming it was like one of those lodges like those cabins and stuff but it was did not have any ac and stuff and at least but we saw some interesting wildlife in um yeah in, oh yeah. for sure yeah so i kind of was like hmm I would need to definitely go with someone that knows what they're doing um, for me to be okay yes. to do that. Sure. Well, that, that, that's part of it. Yeah. That's the fun part. <laughs> fun in quotation marks. Well, you know, they always say it's who you hang out with that can make it or break it too. Yeah. It's very important is to have a, a good traveling partner, someone that you're not going to kill one day on your trip. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. re relation relationships have been made and broken many a time on the first couple uh the first couple excursions that that one does in a relationship you know you both ride motorcycles huh mm -hmm. yeah i do i don't even own a car motorcycle only same how long have you guys been driving motorcycles i've been on one about almost a decade nine dang is that true yeah 10 10 ish years yeah that sounds right that sounds right i knew that <laughs> yeah it's been it's been mm -hmm. well no i was just saying it's, it's just been funny to see each other from afar um you know watching us grow into into various motorcycles because i've had more than you lucy i think yeah uh, i've had four i've had oh my god i've had six ish maybe seven i don't i don't know anymore um but yeah the one i'm the one i'm currently on i i really uh i think i'm gonna stick with for a good long while <laughs> <laughs> finally got my dream bike cool what my next question was gonna be brand because i know that sometimes because we listen you know we do the mc and they're talking about like the harleys and stuff like that what kind of brand of motorcycles oh, yeah. do you guys because there's some of them that are like those are don't they don't count like you know Oh, no, I'm on wait, a Harley. Wait. I'm a Harley girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also on a Harley. It took me a few years to get there. I was really in, into some of the Japanese bikes for a long time. And then I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. I get the Harley thing now. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. always, I've, I've done a number of those MC series and I'm still waiting for the one that I'm like, that I feel like really gets it right. I don't know. Motorcycle, the motorcycle community is really interesting because they are often the biggest, warmest teddy bears, even though they look scary as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they're like so nice and they really take care of each other. And they yeah. like, there's such, it's such an interesting blend of truly sometimes tough, scary people who will also just like give you the shirt off their back. And I've, I've, 
had such great experiences with other writers and as just as like a community of strangers who don't know you but if they see you on the side of a road having broken down they will pull over and they will figure it out with you they don't have to know you they don't have to you know they're just it's it's a really interesting community to be part of yeah i i'm i'm not a writer i've never actually well, I, have to think, I don't think I've ever been on a bike. And I say it that way because my dad and my mom used to do, used to have Harleys. And I think she rode up until she couldn't anymore because her stomach being protruding and being, you know, pregnant with us. So uh. <laughs> yeah, I have photos oh, of, of my parents on their bikes and, you know, do like in the seventies and all that fun stuff. And I'm going, wow. And I've never been on one. So it's on my list of things to do is just to get on a bike. But again, it has to be with someone that I know and trust. <laughs> You, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, it's, it's one of those life skills. I think it's just really cool. Like even if you don't ride on the daily, the process of getting your motorcycle license is such an empowering experience. And, and, well, and just Christian, to know what Christian, when you go to Disney world, you can uh -huh. ride out and then take Viviana ride on your bike. I would love I'm just that. putting it out there. I'm just putting it out there. I'll do it if you're game. <laughs> hey, I'm game. I was actually going to offer to see about taking you to Disney because I, I work there. What? <laughs> no way. I do. Oh my gosh. Yes, yeah. please. That would be amazing. <laughs> okay, yeah. I have to hang up now and get on my motorcycle and drive to Florida. Uh, bye. Yeah. yeah except that i can't because social distancing yep no oh, yeah do that, world's closed. it is yeah you know things have hit the fan yeah. when nothing closes um for sure <laughs> yeah i knew things got serious when they shut down disney i was like oh yeah it's serious now, guys. <laughs> no seriously yeah. i'm not kidding that's how we yeah. were gauging it like like the school systems here were kind sure. of gauging it and they were kind of poking fun at it because sure. the Walt Disney World Company has been open through tropical storms. And um, <laughs> so yeah. they, they don't close. Um, so when the fact that they did close, they were like, oh, shit, you know? <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, if you are ever in my, in my neck of the woods, you know, for sure, let me know that you're coming by. I, we'll I will definitely take you up on that. And I will give you your first motorcycle oh, ride. Wow. It'll be great. Yay, I have this in audio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have proof, I have receipts. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, we can off um, talk more about that later off, offline. Um, <laughs> on the Disney <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a thing that I like to do with my guests is kind of play a game. And it's, it's not anything about stomping you guys, but I do the would you rather um i kind of find it mm. fascinating about having someone to choose between two things and then having them try to explain that to the wife some do a lot of explaining Chinese. others do not um so yeah if you guys are game we can do a few of these real quick i'm down sure yeah, cool okay so would you rather always be 10 minutes late or always 20 minutes early 10 minutes late 20 minutes early <laughs> um, oh man would you rather be able to teleport anywhere or be able to read minds Ooh. teleport Ooh. teleport um i would also like to teleport yes i would rather teleport i don't know if i'd want to really read read people's minds because boy you'd, you'd really be disappointed in humanity a lot i think <laughs> yeah it, it, yeah 
Ignorance is bliss up to a certain point. And also, if I just don't like a situation after I figure out what someone's actual intentions are, I can just be like, whoop, I'm yeah. gone, bye. Teleport out of there, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> bye Escape plan. Would you rather live a low life with your loved ones or a rich life alone? Ooh. <laughs> That's, <good>. That's hard. <laughs> Um, oh man, oh man, that's, that's an unfair question. I don't like this question. Uh, Lucy? That's an unfair question. (laughs) I don't like it. I said low life. Can't I have both? (laughs) Yeah, I want to be, I want to, I want to be rich and happy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, or, or right in the middle. Can I be middle class and happy? (laughs) No, I don't think it's a slider. I think that's the problem with these questions. Yeah. Oh, God. The romantic in me says yes with my loved ones and, and poor, but there's also a part of me that's like, mm, you know, I, I do like good wine. So I don't know. And I'm, I'm really good company. Yeah. You know, yeah. for myself. Yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. doing okay in isolation, you know. Yeah, same. Same. <laughs> That's I tough. Always, That's tough. Yeah, I always find it fascinating though that when I do ask this question, it says low, you know, like a low life. It doesn't necessarily mean dirt poor either. It's just one of those where yeah. like where we go, you know, when we think of low, low life is definitely vague. Am I like, yeah. uh, are we robbing banks? Like rich? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are we like, yeah? What is what is our version of low life? Because exactly, we could be, yeah. We, could be, yeah. we have all the money in the world. We might just be really awful human beings, mm-hmm. but right. we'd be in I mean, it together. Yeah. So, you know, we'd have friends being low lives. Maybe that's not so bad. <laughs> right. But I don't, I don't want to be short, though. So. Yeah. Uh, well, you are. Get it? It's too late for you that. Get it? Christian. Yeah. You're get it? Short. <laughs> you get it? Like a low life? We got we got I'm, it. I'm short. Like sh- a low life because we're all short. Yeah. I don't yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is that anyway. a bad joke? <laughs> totally. Yeah, yes. That was a bad joke. <laughs> yeah. All right, yes. last one. Ready? Yes. Would you rather have a personal chef or a personal masseuse? Oh, personal chef, hands down. Oh, <laughs> do, do those massages come with happy endings? Because that oh. might influence my vote. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, I'd take a personal chef. I'm such a foodie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah personal chef 100 percent of the time for sure i don't need a massage if i'm eating good food and relaxed you know i don't know i mean a good massage is pretty good though mm-hmm. no. to be able to have that nice meal afterwards you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> before we go why don't you guys share what you guys are or can share what you guys are working on and what's coming up next yeah, I was going to say the next big one. So I've got um I've got a couple of upcoming books with Trisha O'Malley, who's a favorite of mine. Um, I've done a couple of Irish series for her. Right now, I'm doing a set in the Mediterranean Caribbean Isles. Um, hers hers are always a blend of romance and a little bit of kind of old school mythology. So think mermaids or fey magic and that kind of stuff which are they're they're really fun and they're beautiful beautiful books and then i have a six book six book series coming up with uh, gary furlong 
uh, Ellen Reed wrote it. I think the first book is called Charlie and the series itself is called Cultivated. So it's gonna be like a six book series. I think it's very, very contemporary romance, but I can't remember if it's thriller based, which makes me a really bad saleswoman right now. But that'll be fun. It's gonna be a good series. Lots of Irish men, lots of Irish men, lots of British women. It's gonna be, you know, very sexy. Very, very sexy. <laughs> we love our sexy accents. times. I do, I do love my sexy times. <laughs> Christian, do you have anything fun coming up? I feel I'm, like you have a couple of I, Shayla Blacks coming up. I, I do, I have to be a little bit more, uh, a little, little bit more secretive in that, yes, I, I have been working on, I recently did another another full length for Shayla back in, I want to say January, February. That's out right now. So Shayla Black is an author that I do almost exclusively. I do a lot of her material, um, and so I have an, another full length in her continuing series uh, that should be out. And there's one that I'm about to start working on next month. That is the next. <laughs> the next sequel in that in that particular series. So if you just go and look and see what what Shayla has most recently uh, released, that'll kind of give you an idea. And then I'm actually very excited because I am doing. Um, this is the one that I, I can't say too much about, but I will say it is a uh, male male action. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Which can we talk about that? Is that okay? I Absolutely. don't want to ruin the fantasy. For, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Um, yeah, there's there's some there's some male male uh, uh, romances coming out that are all very uh, Tom Cruise ish fighter plane world. Uh, Ooh, hot. Like mil, mil, yeah, <laughs> like I can't I can't give exact titles or authors, right, but no. those are those are those are going to come out in, in a in a few months, like two like maybe two months or so. Um, Good. I'm, I'm really excited. Gracious, I'm, great balls of fire! I know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited <laughs> about it. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Fly to the danger zone. I was just thinking about that movie the other day. I'm like, I need to figure. Yeah, I need to get it because I don't have it and it's streaming. It. I need to get it because I've been yeah, wanting to watch that I, one. <laughs> yeah, like like when I when I saw the titles, I was like, you know, and read the, the breakdown. I was like, oh, this is definitely gonna be like male, female, military pilot, young cadet or teacher, you know, like, like that kind of vibe. And then I was mm -hmm. like, oh, male, male. I have not seen uh, a male, male military romance in a while. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so that'll be, that'll be a new chapter for Christian. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry, I have, I have to be vague, but you know, I mean, everything about my life is vague, it seems. So there's that. <laughs> No, yeah, no, trust me, they have, um, they have, they'll have Google searches already set up, um, as I'm sure they already do, rather, for your name, as soon as it hits the SEO, it's going to pop up, so no worries there. The yeah, business. exactly. Mm -hmm. And then exactly. in July, you have, because it's already up for pre-order, it's the, uh, how to date a younger man with, uh, from Ken, uh, Kendall Ryan. Yes. Yeah, and it's, uh, yes, yes, yes. With Emma Wilder. I love Emma. Yes, that was actually a really fun book. I forgot I just did that. Gosh, there's just so many, there's yeah. so many titles right, right, right now that, that are overlapping for me and probably for you too, Lucy, just because the, the audio, the audiobook industry has really picked up because mm -hmm. everybody's staying at home and listening to things. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's great. good for us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's good for us, good, the listeners good. too. So, yay. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It gives us all something to do while we're sitting at home. Yeah. Quarantine. 
Well, I think that they've, um, the authors have realized that it's a, it's a format that can be very uh, lucrative and people are really asking for it. So, you know. Yes, yes, not? absolutely. Well, thank you guys for being my guest for this year's Audiobook Loving series. Thank you for uh, us. Yes, our pleasure. Yeah. Until next time, happy listening. Thank you. Thank you for joining us in the Audiobook Lovin' series, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. We hope you have enjoyed this episode, as well as the series. We've included audio samples of our guests' work within the post for you to check out. Please make sure to visit the main page, link within the post, to learn more about the series, the authors, and the narrators. Please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to the series if you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to follow us on our social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you've enjoyed this program. 